1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Truth from the Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 49, brought to you by Wicked Tree Deer. Today, John and I are reflecting on our 2017 seasons and looking forward to listening to another episode of the truth from the stand deer hunting podcast and today for better or for worst uh you are stuck with just a john and i catching up on our 2017 hunts we're going to do a little bit of reflection might get all up in the feels feel good about 2017 maybe feel bad about it maybe be a little cathartic about it um and uh but with that that being said i i'm joined by my brother from another mother john utah what's up my man What's up, brother? How's it going, man? It's good, man. I feel like we've seen each other way too much, and not that I don't like seeing you, but we've seen <laughs> each other a lot just in, in comparison to how often we get to uh, have some FaceTime. That, that, that's definitely true. I mean, we went uh, 11 months without seeing each other, and then I've seen you like six days or something out of the last 30. Yeah, so exactly. That's a bunch. Yeah, I know. It's like we almost need a break, you know? It's like yeah. this, this relationship is moving too fast for me. <laughs> uh, I'm it's looking... not you, it's me. <laughs> I need some time. <laughs> the classic, it's not you, it's me. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Uh, but before we get jumping into, into stuff, you know, folks, today what John and I want to do is really just kind of look at what happened in our 2017 season. This is the time of year where you kind of take, uh, take pause and maybe reflect a little bit on what, what went well. You know, what didn't go so well? Where did you make some mistakes? Where are some thing, places where you could do some things a little bit better, a little bit more efficiently, you know, and then anything that you picked up or learned that you want to, that we want to implement into, uh, into next year. And then we might even dive into a little bit of some of the states that we're considering to hunt next year and start to think a little bit about next year. Not too much because, you know, it's a little early to start mapping out all those plans and details. But before we do that, let's go ahead and take a second to uh, talk about our partners that continue to help us make this podcast possible wicked tree gear the longest lasting fastest cutting toughest trimming tree trimming equipment you've ever used simply the toughest saws on earth how tough are they tough enough to come with a lifetime warranty so if you are thinking of picking up a handsaw or a pole saw do yourself a favor and visit wickedtreegear.com and use the promo code truth at checkout to get yourself a 20 percent discount on your purchase we're also brought to you by Exodus Outdoor Gear. Wish you could find a trail camera that lasted longer than a year or two. Yeah, I was just at the outdoor uh, show in Harrisburg, and I heard a lot of folks wishing they could find one that would last a little more, a little longer than a year or two. And uh, so look no further than Exodus. Right now, they have two cameras available, the Lift 2 and the Trek, and both are covered by their no-bullshit five-year warranty and theft policy. If you're interested in checking those guys out, hit up ExodusOutdoorGear.com. And save yourself some cash when you use the promo code TRUTH. We're also brought to you by Tecamani Seed. Go ahead and spread your seed in the deer woods. Not in the biblical sense, but in the food plot sense. No matter if you're in the south, the midwest, or the north, Tecamani has your food plot needs covered. Visit them at tecamani.com and use the promo code TRUTH at checkout and save yourself 20%. And last but not least... One of my favorite things to talk about is the ice bag. I called it by its right name this time, which I like to affectionately refer to as the body bag. And these glacier coolers are simply the world's finest. Whether you're hunting, camping, or fishing, 
You'll enjoy smarter design, stronger construction, and superior insulation of Glacier Coolers. Visit them at GlacierCoolers.com. Promo code TRUTH. Save yourself some cash. So, Johnny, 2017, man. Um, so, let's get, in the, uh, let's get in the Wayback Machine. I actually tried to do a little bit of uncovering, uh, a mm-hmm. little bit of espionage work, and I, I went back to listen just briefly to our 2017 Goals podcast to see, to reminisce on what our goals were. So if you wouldn't mind, I know we didn't really, and actually when we went through that, we didn't state it explicitly what our goals were, but if we could go back in the way back machine, what were your kind of plans or intentions for the 2017 season? Uh, so 2017 was going to be my second fall, uh, hunting in Iowa, but my first full year, you know, from shed hunting all the way through. So 2017 goals were expand some food plots. Um, I picked up another piece of property uh, you never know how that property is going to hunt. Um, so, you know, my plans for 2017 was to uh, run as many cameras as I could and, and really take some inventory and learn the property. Um, but like I said, most importantly, my biggest goal was opening up ground and and focus on food plots. Try to get more food in on the between my personal property um, and, and the other property down the road. Right. So what about as far as your your deer goals? Like did you I know you had a couple targets on your on your uh-huh. list, you know, so how how about you know did you have a plan as far as like what characters you were looking to 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 wrap a tag around, you know, were you um were, were you more just looking for an age class again? That's just remind folks what your kind of plan was as far as like the deer you were looking to harvest. Well, you know, if they're not 200 incher, I was going <laughs> to let them all walk. No, I'm yeah, kidding. Me too. Me too. Um, <laughs> I to steal a line from a buddy of mine, um, actually at the Harrisburg show, he said it, uh, he said it great. And I'm like, that's perfect. I was like, that's me. He's like, I'll never kill a 180 if a 150 walks in front of me first, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So no, there, there was one particular buck this year that, that I definitely, um, um, I, I would have liked to have connected with, had the opportunity of seeing him, but didn't get it done. Um, a shotgun hunter on a neighboring property did so good for him. But, um, you know, this year I'll be honest, uh, there was, there was a lot of good up and coming deer, uh, that were a little young, but there was really only one standout buck that I said, you know what? I'd really like to connect, but I'm always out there welcoming all newcomers, you know, during yeah. the rut that want to, want to cruise through that. Maybe I've never, I'm, I'm different. If I don't have a trail camera picture of him, that's okay. Yeah. I'll still shoot at him. You know, yeah. um, I don't have to have 10 years of sheds. Is that a bonus? Heck yeah. But by no means am I going to let a good mature deer walk past me in shooting range. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have any sheds from him and I don't have any trail camera pictures. So I think I'm going to let that stranger go. Heck no, man. Right. <laughs> that's not me. Yeah. Yeah. I hear, I hear that, man. I'm the same way if for the most part. Right. It's like, I'm, I'm an equal opportunity harvester. Um, sure. If, if the, if the deer that walks by trips my trigger, you know, and, uh, and he's within range, he, you know, he could be in trouble. I think, you know, just, I don't want to speak for you, man, but I think one of your big goals, you know, was, was your Montana hunt, man. You know what I mean? Was, was getting that speed. Yeah. Down, you know, and yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. And, and I was just so focused, you know, thinking whitetails, um, you know, definitely. I mean, I'm always going to be able to hunt whitetails. I don't know. It's not like going to Montana, something that I'm going to definitely do every year. So definitely for 17, um, I would say my biggest goal for the year was, um, to have a successful fun hunt out there in Montana. And, um, it almost didn't happen. Uh, but you know, in, into overtime, uh, it did happen. So, that was super, super cool. And that's a, it was a bucket list hunt that I can check off. And, uh, that was, man, that was ugh, Montana gets in your soul and chasing those critters around They're They're humbling and, um, fun all at the same time. Yeah, man. Like the, uh, Montana definitely, definitely gets in your soul. Um, definitely. I don't know that there's been a day since I was there that's gone by that I haven't thought about it at least once. You know, just kind of thinking about the stuff that I got to see and, you know, just the landscape sure. and stuff like that. 
Um, and then you also had like the kicker out of all that was like you had a kick-ass film that came out of all that. And I know is it it's is it released officially for public consumption? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. I yeah. So. Uh, Luminox dropped it, and um, and I've shared it over to the Air Wild page and and my personal page and stuff. But yeah, you know, and that was another thing was um, you know hunts like that, uh, you know, and I'm not saying you don't want to film all your hunts, but. And and I definitely don't want to call any hunt a run-of-the-mill hunt. But, you know, when you're traveling out of state like that, chasing a different animal that I can't go out of my backyard, I mean, there's there's no antelope in Iowa. So I definitely wanted to film it, um, and I wanted to tell tell the story of, you know, hey, last year I came out here, and I busted my butt, and I didn't get it done. So I'm nobody special, you know what I mean? Um, But came back out, and to do it again so I, I wanted to have that filmed and i had a camera guy all set up for it and like about a about a week or maybe it was might have been nine days before the hunt i had a guy back out on me um and then i was scrambling and trying to find somebody else that could go out there with me and film and, and i had a buddy of mine step up and he was able to take some time off work and go out there with me so um it all kind of worked out but uh yeah it was kind of hectic as uh there was at one there was one point where I was completely convinced that I was going to go out there with a tripod and a camera and try to self-film, self-stock <laughs> an archery antelope in the plains. So, dude, if you would have pulled that off, that would have been pretty epic. I have to say, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I have a feeling I probably would have broken the camera and the tripod somewhere on day <laughs> like one. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, I get frustrated just trying to film, you know, deer turkeys. Like, so <laughs> you know what I mean. So I couldn't imagine trying to trying to do that in, in, in that kind of setting. But, you know, for me, man, my goals this year were kind of shifting, you know, of course I had the Montana hunt as well. And, you know, I was out hunting elk and mule deer and, uh, I didn't really have a goal of necessarily harvesting an elk. Now that was, that was the ultimate goal, right? It was to, to bring one home, but it wasn't like it was the, the end all be all, you know, if it happened, it happened. If it didn't, it didn't. I was really more just looking for the experience and I got, I got it tenfold, you know, and, and that was awesome. Um, just being able to see the landscape, I got to go to full draw on, on a couple of muleys and on a nice elk. And then my buddy took a nice elk, which, you know, I know we covered that and another topic. So I won't get into too, too many of the details, um, you know, but for, for, for whitetail, you know, I had that deer lucky that I was following on the farm just as, as a reminder for everybody and followed him for a couple of years and um, had a good hunt for him. And, you know, uh, late season in 2016 that I really kind of got on him and, and, and really got to know the deer and learn the deer really well and got some intel over the summer. And I kind of, I knew pretty well where he was betting and, and had a great, you know, opening weekend here in PA with a cold front that, yeah, it was just the right time to kind of go in after him and all the chips kind of, or all the cards and everything kind of came together in that plan during that set. And, uh, he just, you know, was in range, but just behind some, some garbage and I couldn't get a shot. And he was with a couple other deer and one got spooked and he just turned around and walked away and, and lucky followed him out. And that was, that was the last I saw of him. A buddy of mine actually took him and, you know, we talked about this on a different podcast as well. A buddy of mine took him in rifle season. I was super stoked for him. So that kind of effectively ended ended that hunt. And then, you know, I didn't really have a goal, you know, for anything necessarily around where I live in the eastern part of PA. It was really I just kind of threw a Hail Mary and went for broke, you know, the one day and just went and did a set somewhere where I thought that would could possibly good, be good and ended up wrapping my tag around a, a nice PA 8 point and was super stoked about it, you know. And that, my other goal, you know, for my dad's property, since it was new, kind of like you, John, was, you know, to a degree – you know, I know you have more intimate knowledge about, you know, the properties that you're hunting this year um, than maybe I do about my dad's place because I've never really been able to be on it. So this year was really just a, I took a wait and see approach and just hung cameras and let the cameras do the work. And I managed to stay out of there. I didn't hunt it at all. Um, and, you know, the intel was good. And I'm getting, I'm getting, this year I should say I hope to reap the rewards of it because every nice deer that we had on the property, fingers crossed that they all made it through gun season, or at least a handful of them did, um, we're all walking in daylight. Um, so, you know, I think next year, as long as they've made it through, I should have some pretty good opportunities on that property. And as far as PA deer go, there's a couple of nice ones there that I wouldn't mind, um, wouldn't mind running into. Um, and those were kind of my goals for the year. So for me, it was kind of like, you know, missed out on one, had a great experience in Montana, which, you know, let's call it 50, 50, a 50% deal. And then Eastern PA, it was a hundred percent deal. It worked out. So I can't, I can't complain too much so speaking of that you know certain things worked out certain things don't if you had to go back and kind of think of your your season 
as a whole, like all the different things that you did, all the different sets, all the different setups, different approaches, right? Um, you know, what, what specifically do you, are you taking away from this season saying like, I really like this piece worked for me. Like this is something that worked. Um, I'm trying to think what worked was, um, entry exits. Mm -hmm. So I did find a couple of entries, uh, and exit points on a, a new piece of property um, that I, I'm very comfortable are, are my best ways for certain wins, you know, to, to enter and exit that property. Mm-hmm. Um, drought played a major factor in my food plots. So like on my personal property, a lot of things that I, you know, some of the early hinge cutting and early trails and some of the food plot expansion, I didn't get to actually see how that, um, was going to work or not work because I just, I didn't have any plots this year on my personal piece. So I'm going to have to do all that over again, just to, you know, just to figure it, figure it out to see if it's good or bad. But, um, I, you know, I was able to connect on a buck this year. Um, and I, and of course that's everybody's goal. Right. Um, unfortunately the year didn't end with me killing multiple 200 inches, you know, <laughs> isn't that the ultimate goal? Um, yeah, there's one guy that keeps you know, just kind but, of setting the bar that much higher for everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. This year I'm holding out for a, since I didn't kill a 200 this year, I think I'm going to hold out for a 205 next year. Yeah, um, yeah. no, it's, you know, and, you know, and not to sound cheesy, but, you know, every season you get to hunt, you, you, you know, you do learn something. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you didn't kill the target buck, um, you know, you still, you still take something away from it. Um, I found out that one of the properties, um, I found out a certain time that it gets hotter, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so next year I'll probably use some of that knowledge and I may not hunt, you know, there's a couple of weeks that I might just stay out of there completely. So I did learn that. So I do think I'm a little more prepared for this season. Mm-hmm. Um, can't say that it was a total waste, but I can't say that it was a total success either because I made some mistakes this year as well. And I guess if you flip that around, you can say, okay, I learned from my mistakes. But as far as the season snapshot 2017, you know, I made some mistakes. Uh, I got right. some things to learn on that new property. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's, you know, for me, you know, I think, I think what worked for me, if I defined what worked first was, um, switching and this might not sound like a big deal to a lot of people, but you know, this was the first year that I was using a lone, a lone wolf assault to stand and sticks, right? That was when I would hunt mobile before I would use a climber. Um, and so this was the first year that I went stand and sticks for all my running gun sets and that worked really well for me. Um, it was the reason why I think, you know, I would say it's 75% the reason why I was able to kill the deer I did kill this year. Um, cause it was literally the only tree that you were able to get into and you weren't getting it in any other way other than with a stand and sticks. Um, so that for me was what worked uh, really well. I think, you know, another thing that worked well this year for me is something like I, like I said previously, that'll be a benefit to me next year, not so much this year, which was, I was showing more patience with a property. Um, and not running in and hunting it because, you know, that new property that my dad picked up, like I wanted to go hunt it so bad because it was just new and different. Right. Um, and I managed just to stay out, let the cameras do their work. And, uh, you know, and I think, I think that'll work for me, um, next year. Um, I think, you know, another thing that I feel has, has been growing over the past two years more specifically is just hunting from from my instinct a little bit more. Um, and that worked for me again this year, that tree that I got into this year, it's like, I'd only been on that property where I killed my deer. That was the second time I walked onto it. You know, I thought I was in a good place as far as like the sign that I was seeing, um, and decided that was the tree I should be in and it it worked out. So I'm trying to get better at not having, you know, like you said, John, it's like not necessarily always relying on the trail camera data to tell me where I should be hunting necessarily. Like, you know, if I don't have a picture of a buck, you know, it's okay. If, if one comes by and and it, you know, tickles my fancy, um, and just trying to be a little bit more, more instinctive, I think, than getting caught up in how many times have I seen him and, 
you know, is he always moving mm-hmm. during this time of the day? And, you know, some of this stuff is like, you just, they're deer, you know, they, they, you know, they're wild animals. So yes, they do have patterns and yes, there are some things you can learn from them, but by and large, some of it is just saying, you know what, I think this is where I need to be. It just feels right. You know what I mean? Like some of it is just kind of, it's not any more complicated than that. Um, so that was, I think something that worked well for me this year. Um, but as you said, there was, there was plenty that I did. That's as you kind of, uh, alluded to it, the, 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 what didn't work aspect of it, that bucket is probably larger than the, what worked. So <laughs> let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what didn't work. So what were some specific things you took away from this year that were just like, man, this, I tried X, Y, and Z and that completely shit the bed. um well what is what led to the entry exit um first part of the year a couple of the places that i was um that i was using as a travel route um it turned out to be that i was walking right alongside um a bedding area Mm -hmm. yeah and um they were pretty much just kind of like watching me walk in and then once I got settled in, they would just, when they got up to leave, they would go a different direction, you know? Right. Um, and that took a little bit of, um, to figure out and, you know, moving cameras around, moving cameras around. I started to see some movement and, you know, in certain areas. So that kind of goes a little telltale sign. Um, mm-hmm. so the, I screw I boogered up some entry exits. Um, I waited too long to plant some of my plots this year, mm-hmm. especially on my soybeans. You know, my plan was I want to have the greenest beans in the early season. I want everybody else's beans to be yellow and mine will still be lush and green. I waited so long that the the drought set in. And when I planted my beans, we didn't have rain for like another 42 days or something after that. I remember for a while, like we had almost like a daily rain check in. <laughs> with each other uh-huh. like to see where if it was raining and i remember the one time you actually i think you called me and you were outside with flashlights with the kids reseeding yeah. the reseeding the plot in the dark oh yeah 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 i was uh i remember because i was inside the house and my wife she said something she's like yeah they're calling for rain in the morning and i'm like really in the morning what time she's like well actually it's like three or four in the morning and i'm like kids everybody grab a flashlight and they're like, what? We're getting ready for bed. I'm like, not now. We're going to, we're going out to overseed, you know? So we went out and overseeded a plot that night and, and then it ended up raining the next morning and we got like three and a half inches of rain in three hours or something. So it completely just washed off everything. And right. I was back to square one. Yeah. And at that point, the uh, soil, you haven't had rain in so long. The soil is just like rock at that point. So it's uh-huh. like, you know, it's, you would, you would like to have like a nice, like, three-day soaker of like a nice drizzle that's what i want yeah exactly you know what I yeah mean? so it, like i said entry exits i i boogered up it was a brand like i said it was a brand new property um i should have read it better but you know I, i'm a firm believer a lot of times with a new property um you can get lucky and by all means i would love to be that guy um but i'm just not at that i'm not that guy so um usually i have to screw something up one time before i learn it that's yeah. that's just the way it goes. Yeah, school school the Johnny Utah School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> right. I wrote the book. Started at a university, got a t shirt. That's good right. to go. <laughs> Man, yeah. I, I think for me, um, you know, what didn't work was uh was really Ohio. <laughs> like the state uh-huh. <laughs> didn't didn't yeah. work for me this year. Um I love hunting Ohio, man. It it's it's one of those places where you know, PA is, is most folks know out there, although it's getting better, you know, it's like, I've saw a lot of nice deer come out of Pennsylvania this year. So as far as like the quality of animals that people are harvesting in PA, it's, it's on the up, which is good. Um, but still Ohio is one of those places where it's like anything can happen and it could be right around the corner, which is, you know, one of the reasons why I love to hunt it. Um, I went to a different, a different piece of public land this year, um, was able to scout it once during the summer. And it has low deer density and knew it going into it. And he was hunting with our buddy, Chad. Um, and uh, we had great stuff on camera, man. But it, when we got there, it just like, it was like someone shut, shut the deer faucet off and just all the movement stopped. And, uh, you know, I definitely, I definitely banged up uh, an entrance in the, in the one area. Um, 
I got, it was a disaster. I was walking through a clear cut and got off the little path that is the only way to get through the clear cut and got caught up in briars with my stand on my back. It was like, it's what should have taken me 30 minutes to get into the, into my stand took me an hour. So that, yeah, it was one of those, one of those deals and you're just completely sweated up and it's, you're, you're climbing your tree as days break in and like just disaster. Um, you know, so that was a, obviously a poor entrance. Um, and then the other thing that I think I needed, I learned there. So where patience has paid off on my dad's property or hopefully will pay off next year on my dad's property by leaving it alone. Um, this, this past season, the opposite is, I guess the inverse is what happened in in Ohio, which is I needed to be, I was too patient and only, you know, and I say, when I say only having eight days to hunt or whatever, I mean, it sounds like a lot and it is, but when you don't have a lot of information on the property, um, you got to try to move and find a deer. And I was content to kind of sit and wait. Cause I knew you weren't going to get run over with deer. I knew that, um, you know, you could sit for two or three days and not see a deer. Right. And I knew that. Um, but I didn't take into the account that like I wasn't seeing deer. Chad wasn't seeing deer. Other guys we were talking to around that area weren't seeing a lot of deer either. Um, and I just didn't think about it in time where it's like, I should have been more aggressive and been more willing to move. Um, and not sit a spot that I thought was going to be good. Um, because you know, some sign was there, pictures were there, you know, in advance of us getting there. And I know that, you know, you could go days without seeing a deer in a spot, but like just based on like, not just what I was seeing, but what other guys were telling me, I should have taken, you know, or taken warning and and been more mobile, um, and made, and made some moves. Um, so that was my kind of like big, what didn't work, um, in, in, in that scenario. So you know, as you'd mentioned, there's always, always lessons learned. So you know, let's go ahead and start with the, uh, the Johnny Utah school of hard Knocks, university of hard knocks lessons learned for this year <laughs> and any changes that you think you're going to make for next year to, uh, to try to put yourself in the chips or to try to smooth over some of those lumps. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, well, I was going to correct you. It's a, uh, it's not technically not a university. It's a, uh, it's an online school. Okay. Um, <laughs> Nice. No, um, so, is it like is it like the see. school you were telling me about at, at dinner the other night? Were you, were you cruise for the Which, Were you cruise for the babes? Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was one of those. It's one of those. It's, it's just like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, this year, um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna get on top of my my plots this year. I'm not gonna be as dangerous um, and live on the edge of the drought. Mm-hmm. hopefully we don't have another hot dry summer like we did last year. Uh, so I'm going to get on top of that a little bit quicker. You know, this is the second year hunting that property. Um, so last year that property, although it was, it was new, I didn't get a chance to shed hunt it. So I will get to shed hunt it this year. So I'm looking forward to learning a lot more and pick up some more movement and stuff like that identify some different areas on that property uh, that could potentially be some good run and gun spots, you know, for this fall. So, right. you know, going into, in, into season two on that property, um, you know, continuing to, to learn, I picked up, uh, I went in half seas on a, on another property with a, with a buddy of mine. Uh, we're, we're sharing a lease together. Nice. Um, it's a new property to him. It's new to me. Um, so who knows, maybe I'll get lucky or maybe he'll get lucky on that property. And one of us will connect on something really quick, but the importance of that one is going to be to shed hunt it this year and, um, you know, get some cameras out and see how much Intel, you know, we can learn from that. That's my biggest, uh, that's my biggest things, man. I, you know, I mean, the givens are going to be that we're going to shoot. We're going to try to be proficient. Mm-hmm. You know, every year that I do run and gun sets, I get faster. I think I get quieter. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, so for me, it's, it comes down on the property side um, right. and weather. Right. And those, unfortunately, sometimes those are things you can't control. Um, you know, you I, I told a buddy of mine the other day, when you get a new property, you can look at it all you want on on aerials. Mm-hmm. But until you get in there and, and hunt it and scout it, you really don't learn it until then, you know? Yeah. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. 
Altacovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. No, I, I hear you there, man. It's it, it's the like there's one thing with having boots on the ground in terms of scouting. There's a whole other, um, you know, data set or set of information that you learn with boots on the ground in a tree stand, you know, where you're observing from locations for hours. You know, um, you know, there's a lot, you know, I think you know there's a lot of value in that, especially whenever if you're doing observation sets, especially, you know, what I mean, if you have the opportunity to and you have good vantage points where you can do that, there's tons to, to be learned from that. Um, sure. You know, I, I think for me, lessons learned for this year, I think one, I'll start where you started, which is food plots. You know, my dad's property is brand new, so we didn't do anything on it this year. There's one plot that I'm going to put on um, uh, that I'm going to put in the ground this year. Um, I thought about putting two on, but I talked to our buddy, you know, Jeff Sturgis and he kind of talked me out of it, um, which was nice of him to do. Give me a little bit of a advice on that. So I think I have the, you know, where I want to place it, uh, figured out. And I think I'm going to do, because it's not a big piece, you know, I think I'm going to do a lot of just fall food, uh, fall and winter food. Um, mm-hmm. reason being is I don't want there to be, I don't want to turn it into a doe factory and move all the bucks off and, and change the movement of the deer. Cause quite honestly, like what I'm seeing on camera, I have good movement. Um, and so now it's just more about trying to hold them on the property a little longer. Um, and so they're not just on on and off. Um, you know, so, and really focusing on the fall when I'm going to be hunting versus the summer when I don't care whether they're there or not. And then the placement of it too, is really in the one corner of the property because, um, I want to use the depth of cover behind it. So I want, I want room behind it to be able to have different levels of depth of cover for where does should bed. And then where ultimately where bucks could possibly bed before you get to, the neighboring property. Um, so that's one of the, of the lessons learned. Um, I don't know if this is a lesson learned or if this just is a, a smart move (laughs) necessarily, but I'm probably going to switch up where I'm headed in Ohio this year. Um, probably going to potentially go back to where I had hunted previously and had some good luck because I had a buddy that went there this year and climbed the, the same area that I was in whenever I killed my, killed my buck in 2016. And he saw the same type of rutting action that I saw, um, so it tells me that that place is just kind of annually goes off about that in that same time frame. So I'm probably going to switch up places where I'm going in Ohio. Um, and then whenever I'm hunting some of these places, you know, especially public land and stuff, I need to just probably be a little bit more aggressive, you know, and I think that's the big, the big lesson, lesson learned. The one thing that you mentioned, I definitely need to do and, and continue to do is like you said, it's like I shoot a lot couple days a week so it's like i'm always going to shoot i just like shooting but the other thing i i want to make a priority this year is just to get quicker with the stand and sticks and get quieter um definitely a big improvement from whenever i at the beginning of the year the first couple of you know times getting in uh to the last uh climb um but there's definitely work there to be done to 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 make sure i have a nice stealthy ascent into into my tree and I think that that's probably, you know, the things that were my, my big takeaways, you know, from, from this year that I needed to do, that I needed to do better. Um, I think, you know, I scouted well this year as, as well as I could. I think I read sign as well as I could. Um, you know, I, for me, playing the wind is always one of those things where I, I sometimes am very cautious and, and cognizant of the wind. And other times I have a don't give an F I'm just going to do it <laughs> kind of approach, which, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of folks will say that's like the death for, for a deer hunter. And I get it. Um, but you know, it's, I don't know. Sometimes I just kind of throw caution into the wind and, and, um, and, and go aggressive no matter, you know, what my wind is doing. Um, if, if I think I can get away with it, I guess, you know, or if I think I can marginally get away with it. Um, but yeah, I think those are the lessons learned. So, the, you know, the, the last thing, man, I think to talk about for, 
you know, and just this might be more of a uh, a prelude, if you were a foreshadowing for future podcasts. But are the states we're considering to hunt this year? You know, is there any change in plans? You know, as far as the number of states you're going to try to get into this year, or what you know, the type of hunts you're going to try to get into. Before we continue our conversations, let's take a minute to talk about Wicked Tree Gear saws. Are you still using one of those flimsy plastic hand saws, a girly man saw? If you are, then I suggest you head over to wickedtreegear.com and replace it with one of the toughest saws on earth. Use the promo code TRUTH at checkout and save 20% on your purchase and also receive free ground shipping. And now back to the show. Um, as of right now, Montana is a possibility. It's more of a uh, alternate. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night, I went online and went ahead and applied for my win card. So do tell, what is a win card? A win card is your um, is your requirement before you can get a um, Canadian hunting license. Oh, okay. Nice. You're going across the border. So, um, yeah, yeah. There's, um, there's some uh, Canadian friends of mine that... Um, have been talking to me about their hunter host program. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a, a resident Canadian, you can every once every three years, you can bring up somebody from the U S um, into Canada to, to hunt with you. So you nice. got to hunt with them on their properties or, you know, you know, with them, uh, whether it be public or, you know, an area that they're legally allowed to hunt on. And um, so anyways, uh, I am, the, the plan, the goal, uh, the dream is um, Canadian moose hunt with my bow and uh, mule deer. Dude, that would be epic, Canadian moose hunt yeah, with, with a yeah. bow. And then, of course, you're, you're going to film it. Yes, yep, yeah, for sure. Dude, that would be... So that's the plan. Um, if that does not pan out, my win card, it's super cheap, and your win card's good for like five years. Nice. Um you know, I'll, I'll be disappointed if it doesn't come through, but, uh, it, but if that doesn't happen, then Montana is a possibility. I think I've decided, you know, last year I spent a little bit of time in Missouri mm-hmm. and that was kind of a bust. Um, it's cheap. It's, it's pretty inexpensive for a non-resident over the counter tag and you right. get two bucks. Um, nice. but to be honest with you, un- unless, uh, a piece of property comes up or, if I get some time to go scout some public or something like that, that may be the only um, the only chance I have of maybe trying to connect on something in Missouri. I do like that their season starts, you know, before the Iowa season. Right. You get about uh, it comes in two weeks before Iowa's, so you know it'd be nice to start there for a couple of weeks. But you know, I could probably group that into into things that I screwed screwed the pooch on last year. And seventeen <laughs> was. I mean, I started September 1st in Montana. I, I came home September 6th, September 7th, and then September 15th, I was in Missouri. And then October 1, I was in Iowa, um, you know, and trying to work and juggle it all. So there was times that I possibly, you know, I didn't get to do, I didn't get to hunt exactly the way I wanted to hunt because it was like, well, I got to work this day. So my only day to hunt's this day, and I probably shouldn't go to that set, but... I don't really have a lot of options because I can't hunt again for another week. So I'm going to have to kind of force the issue a little bit. So, right. which adds to frustrations because of botched hunts and just mentally you're, you know, you're not really hunting the way you want to hunt. So right. you're kind of having to hunt the way work dictates yeah. or family schedules dictate, which ends up frustrating me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that being said, um, Maybe Canada. If Canada doesn't work, Montana. Other than that, um, Iowa. Now, turkeys, I'll go back to Kentucky um, and hunt turkeys in, in Kentucky, um, you know, and Iowa. But, uh, nice. but yeah, for whitetails, that's kind of, in all honesty, you know, and I might end up just doing Iowa for whitetails this year. And that would just be terrible to only be able to hunt <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> I feel really bad for yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh i feel so bad for you yeah, that sucks exactly yeah i think my plans are you know of course home state pa is, is a given um definitely mm-hmm. going back to ohio this year um sure. those are the kind of the two you know 
you can put those in the book, you know, type of thing, write it down on the calendar. Um, the things that are up in the air is the Montana trip. Like it's, it's there. I really want to do it. Um, I really want to, I really want to, you know, wrap a tag around an elk. Um, it's just the goal that I have. And I just love hunting that country, man. I love how rugged it is. I love how tough it is to hunt. You know, I feel like I'm accomplishing something whenever I do that type of hunt. Um, Mm -hmm. my body on the other hand might say no only because, you know, it's like after all the, the, the grind or whatever, I think I told you, it's like, I was at the massage therapist. I was at the chiropractor here, like the last couple weeks of my back and neck have just been screwed up from the hunting season from carrying all the weight on my shoulders and then, you know, in Montana and all that. And I'm training with like the weighted vest because I'm an idiot. And then, and then, you know, carrying stands and packs during whitetail season, just like I was jacked up. And, uh, so, you know, Montana is one of those things where I really want to do it, but you know, there's like you said, there's like a family home work thing that kind of is, um, something to consider as well. It's like, we just bought our house last year. And so maybe I should spend time here kind of updating some things and stuff like that instead of being out in Montana. Uh, so we're still trying to figure, figure that out. And then, but if I don't do that, then I think I'm either going to do, try to do Kansas or Illinois. So if I don't go to Montana, I'm going to try to add one more whitetail state. Um, and those are the two that have, have kind of come up. Um, so I don't know, I'm going to end up going to probably two out of, do two out of state hunts, whether it's Montana uh, or not is yet to be seen, but if not, then I'll try to get myself into a, another, you know, big whitetail state and see if I can't, can't get into some hammers, man. And I think if I'm not mistaken, Kansas opens early too. You can try, you can, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if you knew this or not, but if, do they open early enough to go after velvet bucks? I think they do. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that was kind of my goal. Cause, um, do a state that, that opens early that way I can go down and hunt the early season there. That way I'm not missing, you know, cause I really like hunting, you know, the end of October, beginning of November in Ohio. Um, sure. So I kind of wanted to pick two places that the seasons, like good parts of the seasons don't kind of overlap. That way I'm not having to make a choice during, you know, a time of year. I can just kind of go enjoy a really good hunt in the early season in a state that gives, you know, provides really good early season hunting. And then hunt Ohio, which I know has, you know, really good hunting, especially the spot that I'll be going back to this year for, you know, for the end of October, beginning of November. So those I think are my plans, man, as far as states go. Um, you know, I don't I don't know, man. Is there anything else we need to, t- to touch on? I think that's pretty much uh, the size of we, we talked about the things we screwed up, the things we did well, places we might want to go, things we might want to see. And uh, and that John has a university or an that's online right. school online yeah <laughs> you know and that's the thing you know you work at your own pace you can get you can earn your degree <laughs> a little faster uh you can work from the comfort of your home you know low enrollment cost um right. just for a lot a sec- of pain and suffering when you screw up you know <laughs> right that for a second there i thought you were diving into like like a really deep philosophical approach to deer hunting then i realized no. you were actually talking about your online school i was like all right no dude i'm telling you like um so you know, out in PA, um, I know this name, Tim Sylvia, you know, five-time UFC champion. Yep. Uh, he's got a farm real close to me, and he'll uh, he'll shoot me a text message, you know, throughout the season a few times. Hey, how's it going? You know, what what happened? And he's like, hey, he's like, what happened to that one really big buck you were after? I'm like, ah, shotgun hunters, you know, drove, and they flushed him, and they got him. And he's like, oh, okay, and, you know, what about this other property? Well, you know, the drought killed it. And finally, one day he sends me a text message and he goes, dude, if you didn't have bad luck, you wouldn't have luck at all. He's like, seriously, stay away from me. Like, I don't want that crap to rub off on me. He's like, I don't get it. It's like, I have never met somebody with the worst, you know, worst luck than you have. I'm like, thanks. That's awesome. Right. Appreciate it. It's yeah, exactly, man. I know, man, you've had a tough year, dude. Like you definitely had a tough year in the, in, in the deer woods. You know, that's, you know, we had a lot of conversations in the evenings just about hunts going wrong and, and stuff like that. So I think you're due for some good luck, man. Like that's for sure. I'm you know? due. Hey, you know, when it, it, you know, if say like if I, if I have a good season and somebody's like, oh yeah, he got lucky. I'd be like, damn right. Damn Love right. It. I did about, you know? about time. Yeah. You know? It but doesn't if, bother me at all. Right. If somebody calls it luck. Exactly. You need a lot of luck, man. Yeah. Um, you can do everything right or everything that you think is right. But at the end of the day, they are wild animals and you know, you cannot shoot what's not in front of you. Um, you do everything you can to put yourself in those opportunities, but doesn't always happen. 
Yeah, man. Because I mean, even thinking about the stuff we just talked about, like what went right, what went wrong, and stuff like that. There's things that we did that we consider that we did wrong maybe aren't you know technically wrong you know what i mean it's like they're just like the deer wasn't there you know me hunting more aggressive in ohio would have made a difference i don't know i'm just assuming that that would make a difference because i didn't see anything or i wasn't seeing a lot of deer you know but yeah you know i I may have been hunting it just the way i'm supposed to and like i just didn't like the deer just weren't in those spots like i just didn't have the luck yeah you know what i mean so no, i've always said too uh i always use the example of you know let's say a deer is walking from point a to point b and you've done your homework, you've done your research, you have him pegged, you know that on that wind and that weather, he is going to walk from point A to point B. Well, somewhere between point A and point B, a coyote comes across his trail, mm-hmm. bumps him off. Um, what if a human, mm-hmm. the neighbor's dog got loose and went across that trail and it, it made him deviate from his trail and he never makes it to point B where you were set up licking your chops ready for the ambush. Mm-hmm. And then do you go home and go, well, damn, I just screwed that up. You know, I, I read that completely wrong because maybe you read it completely right. Right. And there might be times where you read it completely wrong and the buck you've been waiting for just happens to step out anyway. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, yeah. And you got completely lucky and you're thinking, sweet. Yeah. I'm awesome. You yeah. know? <laughs> I mean, and that's part of what keeps bringing us back, man, is just that like, you don't know. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like if we did yeah. know, man, how boring would it be? You know what I mean? It's it's right. that it's that chess match that's just you know yeah. is you know is addictive and you and you want more of it and just the moment that you think that you have it pegged. I was telling someone a story I think at Harrisburg this week. You know, it was um, you know someone who was coming by one of the booths and we were talking about our seasons and I was like, man. You know, I was like, you know, you never think you have it all figured out, right? It's like it's just you know better than that, right? I was like, but there's certain runs that you have of what will I'll you know, use your term and like you, you have good runs of good luck, you know what I mean? And, and yep. some of it, you make your own luck, right? Like you, you do your homework and you, you know, you the preparation meets opportunity, right? It's like the opportunity was there yep. and I was yeah, prepared to, sure. to take it and so on and so forth. So there, there's an element of that too. You know, and I was just saying, I was like, you know, this year, you know, I definitely got humbled going to Ohio and then the end of my season, because you know, if I went back to last year in 2016 from the hunt in Ohio, you know, during the rut and I killed that nice buck, I come back to PA, I hunt late season. I had that target deer lucky on camera. I saw, I sat four times for him and saw him and saw him three sits, you know what I mean? Just out of range. Right. So that's, those are pretty good mm-hmm. sets, you know what I mean? Especially like, so the last like handful of sits I had in 2016 were all like, I was on great deer. And then even the three sits before I killed my deer in Ohio, I was on bucks, you know? So then you go into the sure. beginning of this year. I set one time for Lucky, saw him, right? So there's another good sit or quality sit. And then the next sit I had after that, I went to uh, out here in the east eastern part of the state, killed my buck, right? So that's a quality sit. And then I was in, you know, Montana hunting, and I, I was into elk and mule deer. I went the full draw on animals and stuff like that. So those were quality hunts. And I was like, you get to this point where you're like, man, like, I don't want to say I've got this figured out because you never do, but you're like, man this is starting to all make sense for me. Like it's starting to come together. I feel like I'm getting better. You know what I mean? Like you get this like false sense of like, yeah, like I'm making good decisions. And then I go to Ohio and it's just like someone like Rochambeau'd me for like eight days straight. You know what I mean? It just completely humbles you. And you're like, yeah, I totally don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah, no. And you know, um, this was something I've said this ever since I first started hunting after the first season, I decided that, you can get up to 10% skill. Right. Um, so the first year that I hunted, at the end of that season, because I didn't know anything, I was at a zero. But at the end of that first season, I thought that maybe I was up to 1% skill, 99% luck. Right. And then the next year, maybe I got to 2% or maybe 3%. And right now, I think I'm up to 10% skill and 90% luck. Right. And that's probably about as good as, <laughs> I mean, I think I, I, well, I know that I'll continue to learn more stuff, but I think 10s as high as you can go. Right. I, I'm just convinced that there's still that 90% of luck element that's always going to be there. Right. The Utah online school, 10% passing. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Solid A minus. Also, we have we have after hour or extracurricular activities. It's called um, the school of glasses half empty. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, as well. Exactly. Awesome. Well, hey, before we get going, man, you know, we'll go ahead and yep. wrap this thing up. We covered everything. I just want to take a quick second to say thank you to everybody at the Harrisburg Outdoor Show that stopped by and said hi to either John or I. Uh, it was yeah. awesome to meet all you guys. I know that you and I both had an opportunity to kind of meet with some of the folks who listen to the podcast or interact with us on social media. And it's it's funny because you know these people's names. You feel like you're friends, you know, even though you've never seen each other face to face. So all the folks yep. that stopped by and gave us a shout, we truly appreciate it. Um, you know, we thank all of you for tuning in and giving us some time to to bend your ear for a while. And, uh, you know, it's you really it's, if you guys didn't listen, it'd just be John and I talking on Skype <laughs> once a week. <laughs> <laughs> to each other so thanks everyone exactly. for, for for coming and checking us out all right folks that is a wrap for today's show would like to thank all of you for listening and also uh as i had just mentioned want to make sure to give a big thanks to all of you who had stopped by to to see john and i at the great american outdoor show very much appreciate you guys swinging by and saying hi and uh, sharing some hunting stories with us hopefully uh it's not a one-time thing hopefully we'll be able to meet up at different events whether it's at the uh, you know an archery shoot you know in the future or if it's at some type of pint night supporting some type of you know conservation group. So anytime there is an event, if we're there, be sure to stop by and, uh, and say hi to us. Um, if you haven't yet, if it's not too much to ask, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. And uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to make sure this ends up in your podcast feed on your mobile device every week. Uh, I'd be very much appreciative uh, of you if you would do that one thing for us. And with that, we need to give a big shout out to our partners that continue to help us make this podcast possible. Wicked Tree Gear, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Tecamani Seed, Glacier Coolers, Ramcat Broadheads, and Trophy Taker Rests. And until next time, we'll see y'all. It takes a special knowing to colorful Damaged heads, broken letters Rationalize yourself in numbers But I gotta get away from here All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do hard shit hat for those of us who like to embrace microdosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.